All right, folks, Barack Lurie and The Barack Lurie Show, thanks for being with us. Barack Lurie Podcast. Oh, whatever. Podcast. Yes, Your yes. show is on Sunday yeah. on, at 10 a.m. on AM870 Los Angeles. This, uh, you know, drive-by plug for my Sunday show has been brought to you by Ari David. Anyway, so the podcast, it's the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. So one of the, the biggest issue, at least of this week, as, as I can see it, is the uh, summit, the so-called summit between... Putin and Biden, uh, I guess they met in Geneva, Switzerland, and uh, it, it was it was a, des- a disaster from the get go. Right, even before they 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 had no plan. The Biden administration had no plan whatsoever. They didn't know what they wanted to talk about. Let's get together and just work things out. I, I guess the the uh, idea Ari was that they were just going to hope that things would work out. This was. Uh, maybe playing to the base to show, look, hey, look, I'm doing things. I'm doing things. I'm the president now. I'm meeting with people. <laughs> international <laughs> stage. International stage. I must I'm be. Here. I must be important. Uh, 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 I'm doing important things. So, I think that's what, what was going on because they certainly didn't seem to have any particular agenda. Uh, and the things that came out seemed to be. I mean, it was a little bit like watching Ishtar, that movie, right? Yeah. It's a movie that just kind of they just said roll it, <laughs> roll the film. And action, and they didn't actually have like a screenplay in, in mind. And things just kind of happened in that movie. Or if you want, Kayana Scotti, even better, you know, one of those random movies. So there's no real plot to, um, uh, to this, this summit that happened, I, you know, to the extent that you can even call it a summit. When they say summit, somehow it's, it's more majestic, you see. And so, you know, I, I would have respected it. They said a meeting, for example, a get together, you know, a, a powwow. But no, it has to be a summit. Like, wow, this is going to be big stuff is going to happen here. And, and the fact that people actually gather around thinking that something big is going to happen, that, that's, the, uh, that's the wonder to me. You know, been 57 years on the planet at this point, and I, I just, I tune out of these things. I, <laughs> don't you? I'm right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's an absurd proposition that anything could come out of this. So anyway, they get together, but they don't really get together, right? It's, it's, I, I don't think Biden and Putin actually were alone in the same room together for any degree of time. They, they were with their respective secretaries of state. Well, from what I understand, Putin did not want to be stuck in a room with Biden, <laughs> You know, for fear that Biden would fall on the floor and break a hip or something. Yeah, and then he, then he would be blamed. That's yeah, right. Exactly. That's fair enough. I, I do understand Putin's point. Look, uh, it's, they, they were at all times with somebody else, and that was the deal that they made. And not only that, but the post-conference, a post-summit, if you will, was one where uh, Putin would say some remarks and then Biden would say some remarks. Uh, as opposed to being able to challenge, uh, you know, Putin after the fact. Well, they weren't in the or, same room on the same stage. I know. That's separate. what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I understand and I agree. But the, the point is that uh, it, it was, to me, it was a disaster through and through. There was nothing that came out of this. Uh, one of the silliest points that came out was when uh, Biden told Putin, okay, here are the 16 areas of our economy that I don't want you to hack. Okay? Everything, everything else is cool. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you want to do that? You want to, I don't know, hack McDonald's or something like that? Go, go for it, buddy. You know, that, that could also be a major disruption of the economy, but no worries. Uh, but, but these 16, please, and let me point them to you just in case. And the passwords are <laughs> to these particular 16 uh, categories. No, I mean, really, it was, it, was, it was so stupid. I mean, what, what were you doing? 
uh, you know, unless you are doing reverse psychology. Oh, please don't do this. Or, meaning that you do want him to do it, and then somehow there'll be a virus within the virus or something. Somehow it would be a counterattack. I don't know. It was madness. Look, it only makes me realize one thing. Uh, and and when, when Biden was confronted about this, by the way, by, by one reporter, uh, the notion was, the response was something to the effect of, well, if we work with these people and help their economy, then they will want to do good as well, and they want to be in the community of nations. They'll act like good boys and girls, or, or I should say good non-birthing people and good birthing people. Uh, and, and then everything will be kumbaya at the end of the day, right? Uh, the, the, the planets will align. Everyone will be very happy. Uh, but this song and dance has been played before, right? With Iran, with North Korea, uh, with uh, Venezuela, for that matter, and Cuba. Let's, let's, do, let's do business with them. And they will like it so much that they will want to fully democratize and fully be accountable to their people. And it, it will all work. And you know what is, is really good about that? is that it's worked precisely never, okay? That, that's the record that it has, never. And they, they keep on doing it. It's, it's a phenomenal thing. Obama did it with Cuba, right? He said, well, let's open up uh, all of our uh, diplomatic relations, open up embassies and consulates and so forth in Cuba and America, respectively, and it'll be great. Yeah, Clinton with North Korea and China, uh, you know, Jimmy Carter basically with Iran. With Iran, I mean, right. You know, and we're doing it now with yeah. Iran, too. Yeah, and it's like this diplomatic doublespeak. This was the biggest thing about Trump being a breath of fresh air is the, claim, the plain human talk he engaged in on foreign policy issues rather than this overly clinical, like human resource department kind of language that, uh, you know, college professorates used to... Um, you know, describe foreign policy as if it's this clinical thing rather than the reality that's based on human nature. Yeah, you're so right. It's exactly right. And they just gave up on the whole idea of na human nature a long time ago, or they decided that somehow this will work. Anyway, uh, this is what I've come to the conclusion. I have noticed that when you, those who are good respond to rewards, okay? Those who are bad respond to punishment. That's the way it should work. Do not give rewards to evil people. You will not, to bullies, for example. I mean, just think of it, the classic bully from school who, who steals your kid's lunch money and such like that. You could, you could be, and you're the parent of, of the bullied kid, and you say, hey, John, you know, stop bullying my kid. If you stop, if you don't bully my kid, I will uh, take care of your, uh, your food for the rest of uh, the week. All right? And, okay, that's not going to work. No, that just trains them to do more bullying. That right. person needs to be punched in the nose. Punishment, <laughs> right? Yes, exactly right. And the good person, they, they respond to rewards. So, for example, I don't know, you have an athlete in your family. You want to encourage him, and he's a good guy. So you encourage him that if he wins uh, this particular championship or whatever or, or plays well in the softball game, uh, you're going to take him out to lunch to a really fancy lunch of wherever he wants to go, his favorite pizza restaurant, for example. You're going to uh, an athlete pizza? All right, so this, this derailment has been brought to you by R.A. David. No, but anyway. their point is exactly it. If the kids get good grades, you reward them for straight A's. Yeah. And then you give them even more rewards for even better grades. That's right. You know, because it's a person who's striving for the good. You know, rewards and punishments 
both systems work good for a morally centered person. For a morally off-base person, you know, an evil person, Only all you have uh, is your option is punishment yeah. because they're evil. When you I, give I, them a reward, they will use the reward for more evil. And Iran is a very good example to prove our point, isn't it, right? So you had Obama in 2015 working out that Iranian deal, and uh, it was a disaster. We gave so much money to them, and then another $4 billion to release some, some further hostages because, you know, they're in the hostage business, uh, the Iranians, since 1979. And, you know, they should have, like, the, the marquee, you know, like how McDonald's has, you know, over $10 billion served or whatever, right? Uh, Iran should have a country like over a thousand hostages taken since 1979 or whatever, one of those things, yeah. and, and, and just increasing every year. Anyway, the point is that we've, we should have learned our lesson when it comes to Iran. Every time that we have tried to reward them, it, they've laughed at us and they've only done worse things. So even before Trump was elected, that gosh darn Trump, uh, the, the Iranians were already laughing at us. They were already uh, violating the Iranian treaty Right, they, and they were already demanding more money from us at the same time. Uh, that's the way it works with evil people. Okay, that's uh, we we can agree to that, right? And then uh, when Trump was president, then he started punishing them, pulled us out of the Iranian deal, and guess what? They started they started behaving. Yeah, and he blew up Soleimani. Yeah, uh, that that got them to behave much better. Yeah, it's. It, but of course, look, if if Biden or the Democrat Party were a rational party. Uh, and they wanted to actually do good for, for the country, they would say, okay, that thing that Trump did, that worked. Let's do more of that. Okay? In fact, just do exactly the same. So, but look, look at the attitude that you have from Biden when it comes to um, uh, how to respond to, uh, to, to Putin and otherwise. Okay, here we go. Are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Yeah, I'm not confident. Hey, what the hell? What do you do all the time? So, when did I say I was confident? I said, said, I said, I said, what will change their behavior is that the rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world. Okay. All right. So that, this, is, this is the madness that we're seeing. I'm going to pause this for a second. Okay. So what, what you're hearing is exactly what we, we've been talking about, Ari and I, that somehow when they see, that when Putin will see that, that his standing or Russia's standing will have been diminished in the world, he'll have second thoughts and he'll think to himself, how, how can I be a better person? How can Russia be a, a more um, a respected member of the community of nations, such a, if such a thing even exists? Right? There's no such thing. Okay, they, they, don't, they don't say, hey, let's, let's get around the water cooler you know, and let's talk. Because I, and, they, and as if Russia really gives a damn uh, how the rest of the world thinks of it. Okay, it doesn't. Russia gives a damn about Russia. Yeah, like Michelle Obama's menstrual cycle. It's just more stuff that doesn't exist. Ooh. Ah, just the opinions of Ari David. Mic drop. Boom. The opinions of Ari David are not necessarily reflective of the opinions of the Brucklery podcast. All right, let's continue on. on, That was a really good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so here we go. So let's continue on from where uh, Biden was talking about and, and being relentless to this reporter who just didn't get it. Here we go. Understand that you're 
Jungle Okay, okay. So that was breathtaking where he said, you're, you're in the wrong. If you don't understand that, you're in the wrong business. So wait a minute. Says the stupidest guy ever to be president. Well, okay, you know? I, I agree with you about that, but that's not where I'm going. I'm saying, so in other words, you as a journalist have to understand that every leader wants to be what, uh, respected and ultimately wants to be a, few, a full democracy, right? Is that, is that, that's what she's supposed to understand, I, I, I take it, right? Which is absurd. I think Biden just went off half-cocked. He doesn't like it when reporters question him. Uh, and he wants uh, positivity throughout. He wants everyone to gloat, um, not gloat, but rather to fawn over him time and time again, as they did with Obama. And why, why aren't they giving him the love, the same love? Uh, that they had given to Obama, right? But no, it's not there. And then, of course, uh, everyone's saying, okay, it's time to go, time to go. Th- this is what you would expect. So I- I'm not surprised, but this is the president of the United States who is apparently, what, is he 82 or something? 87. No, he's not that. No, he's not that old. Oh, I know. Seventy-eight. Sorry. Yeah, he, he's quite. He's 78, I'll 79. look up his age and I'll get back. To yeah, you. yeah. I'm quite, it's going to take a while to calculate this. All right, all right. But the point is, he's definitely in his late seventies at the very least, and he the, the the notion that this guy seventy-eight, seventy-eight years old, having been in the Senate uh, and government for that matter for what fifty years, uh, and and still thinks that dictators just want to be respected. And will do anything they can to join the so-called community of nations is breathtaking to me. I, I don't believe it. How about that? I don't believe that they believe that. I don't believe that even Biden believes it, as stupid as he is. And I, and I want to say that he's very stupid. because uh, And they're chasing down uh, a solution uh, that is not the solution it, 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 to a problem is that that's not even the problem. The problem is dictatorship and how do, how do we deal with dictatorship, right? And the solution is like giving aspirin to somebody who's got casp- uh, cancer. You just, that, that's not the appropriate remedy, right? It, it, that's quite simple. Uh, you know, I, I just, uh, we're about to amputate this leg. Okay, well, you know, um, why don't you meditate a little bit? You know, that, that's the response. No, that's not a good remedy to a guy who has gangrene, the, the correct uh, response is to amputate the leg. All right, that's it. But these guys, they, they, they seem to think that it's all about giving them love and showing them that if you just open the door and allow them to participate in all the fun of uh, international trade, well, then everything will be great. You see, but the thing is, they don't want to participate in international trade. It's not fun for them. Just like it's not fun for any big business to compete with anybody, right? I mean, you think Google wants a competitor? No, of that's, they'd actually that's have the last to, thing they want. Oh, bam. Somebody might get hurt. Right. <laughs> so, Google might get hurt. Yeah, exactly. Apple doesn't They're want competition. Sensitive. Nobody wants competition. Of course not. I mean, but competition, they know intellectually that competition is healthy for America, but healthy for them? No, 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 no. Let, let's, let's, be, let's be clear here. Uh, Pan Am had competition that went bankrupt because it couldn't keep up with the competition. You think they like competition? Of course not. TWA, uh, you know, Solyndra, you name it. Companies do not like competition. Uh, 
I, as a law firm, I, I would prefer not to have to compete with anybody else. I could just, you know, pick and choose uh, from the vast majority of, of, uh, of, of all legal conflicts out there. And they can say, I like this case. I like this case. I like that case. And, uh, and here's what, how, my, uh, how much I'm going to charge. And everything's going to be great. But no, no, no. I have to compete. How annoying, right? Of course, I respect the fact that I have to compete. It makes me a better lawyer. Uh, it makes me, I think, a better human being. Uh, it makes me more spiritual in, in, in every different way. It makes me uh, accountable as well. But uh, do, would I prefer to have things on my own, not, not have to worry about marketing and, and competing? Yeah, of course. Of course I would. I mean, I'm, I, it's, it's ridiculous. But these people think that, that dictators want to, to join international trade and have to figure out how to be better than other countries? Are you kidding I mean, it's absurd. But this is the way they think, that, that Biden thinks and otherwise. No, 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 no. If only they were all as virtuous as you, right? <laughs> if only. Yeah, he's a kind guy. <laughs> I don't know why I even keep him. But yeah, you really he's, don't. he's just so lovable. You just want to hug him all the time. All right, so Putin, of course, plays the game very well in this summit. He, he just... I don't know if they got together and they asked themselves a very simple question. The question being, how will Putin play this summit to his advantage? Did they, did they not think that at all? That wasn't hard. Right. Oh, I know how. He'll show up. Yeah. I mean, like, what will he do? Of course, he'll turn everything. Did you really think that when you ask him a question about how uh, his, his, uh, you know, really devil in disguise, but how by killing his, his opponents and all that stuff that he's sending the wrong message, literally that's a reporter message. We'll be playing that in a moment that, that if he, if he says that, that, that you say to him, you're, you're play, you're sending the wrong message by killing your opponents and such. Did you think that he was going to say, wow, you know, that's a great question. You got me. I don't know even know how to answer that question. Did you really think he was going to answer that way? Of course he's going to deviate and deflect. Yeah, just like the Chinese did last, last month with Tony Blinken, where he brings up the Uyghur concentration camps, and they bring up Black Lives Matter. Yeah, that was in Alaska, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh boy, that wasn't hard. You know what I would love to see? It would just This would just be delicious. That would be right up your alley, because, you know, you take a chess-like approach to things. <laughs> Imagine live TV, Biden playing chess against Putin. Let's see Wow. That. Let's watch that. Wow. That would that'd be breathtaking. <laughs> that'd be breathtaking. Because you know Putin plays chess. I mean, oh, of course. And we know Biden doesn't. Well, and her, even if he did, he wouldn't be very good anymore. Well, okay. So, so Putin probably chase, plays chess because that, that's the kind of guy he is. But Russians tend to play chess. Yeah. A, right? A lot of uh, the Eastern European countries play a lot of chess. So they've... It's just interesting. Yeah, it's a boring country. There isn't a lot to do. you got to kill some time yeah. somehow, you yeah. know. There's soccer and there's chess. <laughs> right. All right. So. All right to show mental acuity live on TV. <laughs> oh, uh, how do I king this? No, no, no. Uh, Joe, there's only one king in chess. That's checkers. That's checkers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Poor guy. I feel sorry for him. All right. So now let's, let's hear this reporter's question to uh, Putin. And how he brilliantly deflects. And, but it should have been obvious, right? So she asks this, uh, the exact question I just, uh, just said she would. Uh, and how do you explain yourself? And isn't this sending the wrong message? Anyway, let's play it. Oops. 
please. You didn't answer my question, sir. If all of your political opponents are dead, in prison, poisoned, doesn't that send a message that you do not want a fair political fight? Okay, so just keep this in mind, right? Okay, so it's a very fair question, isn't it, right? Doesn't it send that message? And she's got it right. Okay, and by the way, this this woman is not a conservative. She's in a right. It would be nice. I think she's either CNN or MSNBC, yeah, but a very yeah, liberal. It would be uh, nice woman. if she asked the same question of Stacey Abrams or any Democrat in the last six months, too. Right. Okay, let's continue on and we'll see how he responds. <clears throat> As for who is killing whom or throwing whom in jail, people came to the U.S. Congress with political demands. You see, already, already he has completely shifted the question to what he wants it to be, yeah. right? So that's the beauty of it. He, he's not addressing himself whatsoever. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, January 400 people, over 400 people had criminal charges placed on them. They face prison sentences of up to 20, maybe even 25 years. They're being called domestic terrorists. They're being accused of a number of other crimes. Okay, so that's fascinating, right? He's laying out information about America, okay? He's talking about the January 6th uh, so-called insurrection. We call it, uh, I don't know, the mobbing get-together. Or know. the FBI hoax. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a moment, too. But nevertheless, um, he's now just shifting the conversation successfully, mind you. The, the reporter doesn't jump in. Let's, let's take it from here. Uh, 70 of them were arrested right away after the events, and 30 of them are still under arrest. It's unclear on what grounds. And as for the, nobody from the official authorities has informed us about it. Some people, some people died, and uh, one of the people that died, they were simply shot on the spot by uh, the police, although they were not threatening the police with any weapons. So he's talking, of course, about Ashley Babbitt. Okay, so everything is, he's turning completely the discussion on January 6th, and he'll, of course, talk about uh, Black Lives Matter later as well. Uh, but nothing is about what he has done one way or the other. And, and you know what? He's, he's brilliantly changing the whole scenario because he's saying, look, you're pointing fingers at me. I, I get that. But you've got a lot to account for yourselves. And you lefties, you're the ones who are bringing this up yourselves. So uh, surprise, surprise. So you, you want to hate him, Putin, for many reasons. But he's just using, he's just holding up a mirror to what the left is saying about America itself, all the distortions and, uh, and, and failures to recognize realities. Here you go. In many countries, the same thing happens that happens in our country. I'd like to stress once more that we sympathize with what happened in the United States, but we have no desire to allow the same thing to happen in our country. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. It's just, it's so brilliant. I mean, it's devilish. No, it's, it's, it's incredibly devilish, but it's brilliant. And he says, look, you've got this massive problem, and we just, we, we just want to make sure we sympathize with you and your horrible situation, but we really don't want that kind of thing to happen to us. It's Obama, basically, after the IRS spies on people, uh, or, or the IRS, uh, you know, tries to frame people. The, uh, you know, the border agent Terry gets killed in the uh, gun-running Fast and Furious operation and several other scandals. And then Obama saying to the international world, we have to follow international norms. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so good.
Yeah. It's so good. And and the other thing that's brilliant about it, and I have I have no respect for the way Putin or the Soviet system or the Russian system handles internal politics, but Russia is a different country than America, and there's certain brutal brutal realities of the uh body political dynamics within Russia over the last 400 years yeah. that, you know, the West is just completely oblivious to in yeah. the most case. And, and Putin just behaves the way any Russian leader has behaved the last 400 years to make sure his head doesn't wind up on a pike. One of the problems that we have in America, uh, among many, of course, I mean, it's a, it's a good thing, and yet it, it can also be a disadvantage, is that we are very transparent. The whole world sees everything, we sees, sees all of our wars, because that's the way our system is built. So when we talk about Black Lives Matter, then everyone in the world sees our problems. When they see the January 6th so-called insurrection and what we call with the mob, uh, mob get-together, um, they see they see it too, and they hear all the way we are all the way that we articulate and digest it, and mock it or whatever. And we t talk about how horrible our, our own country is, and they all they know is that because they're not transparent, those other countries, most other countries, they say, "Well, you guys are a terrible country, and we're a wonderful country." I mean, that's that's the irony of it all, right? Meanwhile, of course, many people want to come here anyway because they know how fantastic it really is. But from a leadership point of view, they get to play this game like, uh, like Putin is playing right now. Okay, let's continue on. Just a couple of more questions, uh, because later the, the president will continue his program. Please hand over the microphone. And from Izvestia, were you able to reach an agreement on returning some of the Russians that ended up in American prisons? If yes, then when will that happen? We talked about it. President Biden. Uh, oh, my God. That's, that, see, that's the Okay, this... this Plant reporter. Right. right. Vestia, which is so basically the right. Soviet... Oops, let me turn that off. Hold on. Oh, what the heck? All right. Uh, I'll just turn it on. Just hit mute right no, I'll there. Just, I'll just do there. this instead. Okay. Yeah. But uh, you know how Pravda means truth and Izvestia means news? Yeah. And the old saying in the Soviet Union is there's no news in the truth and no truth in the news. So this is an Izvestia reporter, you know, a nonsense paper in Russia. You know, pure pro government propaganda. And then asking this glowing, lionizing, heroic question. Have you retrieved those poor Russians <laughs> languishing as hostages in the American prisons? It was, it was a brilliant move from this guy's <laughs> point of view. It really is. You know, every once in a while, I, I might deal with opposing counsel in a case. And uh, they, they're, you know, I think the, the wrong side of the matter. And usually they are, because uh, I like to take cases that I feel are virtuous. I do like justice, but nevertheless, I get the opposing counsel, and every, they do they make a move that I consider to be you know very well thought out, and I respect it. Now, hopefully, I'll win the case anyway, but nevertheless, I understand the move and I respect it. Uh, as long as they're not uh, going beyond the confines of the law or the procedure, they're just representing their client. I get that. Yeah, within but the game is within a the good game. Just move high five. Now, right? this is this is within the game, so to speak, because this is what dictators do. They deflect, they deviate, they lie, and they ignore, right? These are the things that they're supposed to do. To, in order, if you want to be a dictator for life, you, these are the things you have to do, right? right? It's, a okay. it's a job requirement, right? I see your resume here. I don't think your dictatorship skills are really up to snuff here. I'm sorry, sir. You, you have to, we can't hire you. No, of course. I mean, that's the way it is. You've got to do that. And this is what Putin has done brilliantly. He couldn't have 
planted a, a better reporter exactly at the right time. Now, tell me more about how you were able to get some of those uh, prisoners, uh, you know, that are languishing in American prisons and in, in that horrible country called America that yeah. you've just described and laid out how, how pathetic it is. That's anyway. That's this is all coming back to the whole notion. Hold hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I I want to move on to another topic. It's an important point. Please let me. It's always an important point with you. Just let me make it, please. Okay, so I just the the main point is that this is a big general conversation about how dictators. You cannot handle them with rewards. You can only handle them with punishment. And Putin is such a great example of this. He's not going to play the game that you want him to play. You, you think Biden or the Biden administration or Democrat Party, generally speaking, you think that people respond to the notion of somehow playing in the playground that they want, uh, you know, they want equal access to the playground of international uh, uh, fun. It's, it, no, it's not the way it works. They want the entire playground and they want to kick you all out of it. Okay? Once you understand that, then you understand that. Anyway, go ahead and tell me. This is really quick. The only reason that was even possible, both of those things that Putin did, is because Biden took his little chess pieces and didn't even play the game in the press conference. It was Biden who said, we're not doing a joint press conference because he knew he'd look like a schlub. And he left Putin alone on the world stage in front of the world's media to, to perform that, that kabuki theater act. Yeah. This is, it was entirely facilitated by the abandonment on the world's stage of the U.S. president in this case. That, to me, is just so breathtaking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, 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 uh, two, two major mistakes. Um, I mean, there are many mistakes, but two major mistakes were that they didn't have a meeting exclusively between Biden and, and Putin on the one hand. Uh, and then they didn't have a joint conference as they should have because uh, I think Biden and the Biden team correctly assessed that Trump would just eat him for lunch. That, that's you the problem. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, Putin would eat Biden for lunch. And he would look uh, much more spry and much more intellectual and such like that. But it ended up being that way anyway because Putin had his press conference and then right after Biden had his press conference. And uh, you could see the difference between the two. Uh, Biden did not respond uh, virtually to any of the comments that, that Putin did. Uh, that was his chance, Biden's chance, to respond to this nonsense that, that Putin had said about how America was bad and, and failed to address the one key question that that reporter asked. Uh, you know, aren't you sending the wrong message by killing all your opponents? Um, Biden could have said, yeah, that, this is a big problem. Um, let's face it. Uh, Russia has, has a long way to go. Uh, we, we we hope that one day that she'll become a transparent nation and, and wants to join the the community of nations. If he wants to use that phrase, yeah. If he wants to say that, that's that's fine. But um, but instead, he he ends up uh, playing defense the entire time. Uh, it, it was fascinating. And then he had to. And then he was upset that the the media itself was not so uh, glowing and, and fawning over him. Anyway, we get the idea there. There, there are many other topics to, to, to challenge uh, right now. One of them is about the Arizona recount. Okay, so this is a major thing that's happening. And it looks like, uh, I don't know, when, when is the uh, recount supposed to end? The end of this month, right? It's, it gets June. a little more complicated than that. The actual count of the paper ballots is done. Now, from what I understand, they're not going to release any results until the entire thing is finished. Period. 
but there's a there's a count and then there's a paper analysis of of analyzing which of the paper ballots are legit versus which aren't. Then they have to do the accounting of comparing what the paper ballot uh, results are versus what the machines told us they were. And supposedly the way Smartmatic Dominion works is this is according to Smartmatic Dominion's actual words, their own statements, is that there's a paper ballot that goes with every electronic vote. So from what I understand, it's going to be released sometime like mid-July, the actual results. But they've done the, the bulk of the hard work. And remember, it's, it's also a misnomer to call it an Arizona recount. It's a Maricopa County recount. Yes, this that's, is a good, that's a good point. County. And now from what I understand, there's another county. I might have their name wrong. It's named after an Indian tribe around there. It's Yavape County or Yavapai County. They're now interested in counting their own. And their county wasn't even in the heavy level of dispute that Maricopa was. I, I think the big takeaway, and you're probably going to get to this, is that this is eventually going to spur on a lot of, um, let's just say, copycat recounts in a lot of other counties, a lot of states throughout the country. But the Maricopa County recount is interesting also because it's being toured by people from all these other states who are coming away saying, this is a gold standard. I've, we've never seen anything so precise. This isn't just a, a recount. This is a full analysis of whether or not these ballots are actually legitimate. Right. And, and, that's and I think they want it to be unassailable when they do finish up with, the, with this recount in Maricopa County, as you correctly stated. Um, and yes, there are copycat uh, desires to, at least, to uh, recount in other states, including, believe it or not, Michigan. Right, which is very inter interesting. Well, it looks like and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania yeah. also. Yeah. Hold on. There's Georgia um, and and Wisconsin. Right. So those are four states already that are very interested in recounting, and those were battleground states. Right. Notice how South Carolina is not interested in doing a recount because I think they had uh, pretty good numbers to go with in the first place. Yeah. Likewise, Florida is not asking for a recount because they didn't have dominion. They didn't have these uh, now, these farcical notions. It's not recount. It's audit. Audit is a totally different thing than just recounting. Recounting means to just recount what you I have. I know. I'm speaking. I'm too. speaking uh, generally speaking about the, the notion of they're doing this again. They're, they're making sure that everyone's been uh, nice, not naughty, and uh, they want to make an accurate count. They want to make sure that they got it right. Uh, all reports seem to indicate that the Arizona numbers are way, way off in Maricopa, Maricopa County, at least. And, and if that's the case, then, uh, you know, we have to wonder what, what the ultimate remedy or consequence will be. Look, we would be thrilled, Ari and I, if somehow that could be uh, done again and say, well, okay, now we're, re we're, we're decertifying the Arizona electoral, um, electorals, electorals, electoral, college, uh, electoral votes for Arizona in favor of Biden, and we're going to instead give it to this guy, Trump. And therefore, with another, another couple of states like that, Trump would be the winner, and uh, therefore, let's reinstall Donald J. Trump. That, that's not, although that's our kind of fantasy and our dream, uh, that's not going to happen. Yeah, what, what is going to happen, hold, hold on, all right, hold on. Yeah. So what is going to happen is that um, it's going to call into question the Biden presidency, the entire presidency. It's going to weaken the Biden administration, and it's also going to cause Americans to realize this is a big problem. So 
uh, election integrity will be called into question altogether. Now, there are many diehard liberals who will nevertheless say, look, uh, you know, this, this whole thing is tainted. I don't buy it. I think the original account was correct. Uh, this Arizona audit was obviously, uh, you know, trumped up by the Trump supporters. And uh, I, don't, I don't give it any credence at all. I, I, we, we fully expect that. But when you have uh, some serious questions and then they, they, they go through down the list, uh, I think it's going to be a, a big play. Now, uh, I think one of the things that really has opened this door, oddly enough, Ari, is the, um, the whole virus from the lab thing. Okay, now what do I mean by that? How you can that... Fauci emails yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Virus came from the lab. So now that that is a serious topic on the table, in fact, I think it did come from the lab. And I, it, it, To me, the only question now is whether it was intentionally released or negligently released. That's it. That, that to me, is a legitimate question. I am very confident that the virus came from the lab. Okay, but intentional versus negligent, we can play that game for the time being. But... Uh, the fact that what was once considered a conspiracy theory to think that it came from the lab, and you and I talked about this from the, from, very, from beginning. the very beginning, we said, I, we know this sounds crazy, but X, Y, and Z. And, yeah. and, we, and we were very careful. No, no, no. We never even you said it sounds crazy. We're like, it sounds crazy to say that this is some bat jumping, you know, wet market pangolin. Uh, uh, that was our argument. I know. I know. But the point is that we caveated ourselves and saying, look, it just sound, it sounds to us to make more sense that it came from a lab. And, uh, and we didn't, what we were concerned about, you and I, is be, we danced around the issue of whether it was intentional or not because it might have been a bioweapons situation, in which case, because the world was so panicked back then and it was so new that the idea of spreading the, the possibility that this was a bioweapon virus, a weaponized virus that was accidentally released to the, to the public at large, uh, we were very careful about that. And we still need to be careful about that, but it was especially so back then. But now we know that you know, I'm confident that it came from a lab because it, it, it stands to reason. It does not make any sense that it came organically from a bat jumping to a, to a human. If, if that were the case, it would be too easy. Hold on, Ari. The, the point is that I'm, I'm kind of bringing in not a separate topic. I'm trying to say we are entering into a new phase of the media where the what what appear to be an off topic or off limits topic is now very much on you know on, in play yeah we're allowed to talk about it and we should talk about it and i think that once the media now has to acknowledge that it probably came from a lab it you know it's it's like okay, where else have you been lying to us right you know like a like a man our husband tells you know a wife finds out that he's been cheating you know the next question she asks how often have you been cheating with other women right Right, and what are our finances, and are, do we really have this much money, and do we really have that little money, right. and do we really own this house? Yeah, when you, you took know? that trip to, to uh, that business trip to Detroit, where did you really go? You know, that, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that the, the question on, on the lab thing, just to show you the, the, the context of the movement on the issue is, it isn't, is it a bioweapon or not? It's clearly a bioweapon, if you consider a weapon, something released with... Uh, a certain or created with a certain amount of intent to cause a certain amount of malice. Um, I think the question is, 
is it a Chinese bioweapon or is it an American bioweapon? Okay. And and that's where, see, that's where the there, there, the conversation now is. That's where, I'm not arguing about that yeah. as an issue. I'm saying that's how far that's moved. Well, it's so like a Russian nesting about, doll, isn't it? At, at the end of the day, because there are questions within the questions. Right. And that's what you're saying. And I get that. I don't want to drill down too right, much about that. That's what I'm saying on this other issue you're bringing up about the election integrity. It's yes. gone from, is the election clean or tainted to, hmm, it looks like it's got taint to it, is the question the taint accidental or intentional? Yes. And the reason it was brilliant of you to bring up the, the Fauci virus issue is because so many of the voting rules that made the taint degree to the election possible were because of the Fauci virus situation. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. The, the whole point is that you know, like like the nesting thing, I guess. Everything is connected. The um, it's the reopening of the American mind to the possibilities that that there's that these things that were assumed to not be possible are possible, um, and and that's that's where we're going with this, right? Uh, you know, one of the things I, I think I mentioned before was this Facebook thing where I had a whole bunch of people suddenly, you know, I I, I posited the question about well, now we know that. The lab theory was was quite realistic and, and in fact, quite probable. Uh, does it call into question for you all these other things that you thought were ridiculous or conspiratorial talks, such yeah, as like hydroxychloroquine works, masks are dangerous, vaccines might be poisoning you? Oh, yeah, which one of these? Yeah, exactly. are they possible? We're not saying they are. We're saying are they now possible? Or the election results, or the Black Lives Matters were not entirely peaceful, or, or mostly that peaceful. Obama had more than a smidgen of corruption. <laughs> okay, there's, there's, and climate change and otherwise. So there are many things like this, right? That that suddenly call into question. And and like I said, and I've said many times before, uh, it's like you know, you're a wife and you discover that your husband uh, has indeed been cheating on you. Um, that that trip to Detroit was not quite the business trip. Detroit. That he, I don't know what it, it's. It's safer <laughs> to say. No, no, that he, the, the the trip to Detroit that he claimed for business it was happening. Why would you go to Detroit? Right. Oh, right. <laughs> it was in fact was in fact a trip to Miami with some stripper or whatever. And then and then she would rather say, Well, wait a minute, you know, what about all these other things? Why would he assume that the lie would be contained to only one that the one thing that you happen to catch, right? Yeah. And the same thing applies here. Why would you assume that they are right on everything else that they are shutting down? Right? No debate on climate change. No debate that uh, this COVID thing is, uh, we, we need to shut down the entire economy as the only response to it. No debate that hydroxychloroquine is bogus and uh, solely, uh, you know, it's snake oil as, as being peddled by uh, Donald Trump. No debate uh, that the election was fair and square, you know, without a smidgen of corruption whatsoever. Right. And let's fraud. take a couple on their side. No debate that Perhaps uh, Trump, when he said there's very fine people on both sides of a certain debate, was not referring to the Nazis, right? What about what about uh, a li the, there's no debate that Trump was definitely talking about injecting bleach into your blood when he said, hey, is there some science? I saw that there might be some science about getting UV light inside the body. When he, there was a company before it was pulled down by YouTube and Google that was working on bringing UV light for disaffected qualities against viruses into the body. Okay, wait, but, you, you know what I mean? The, it goes the, both ways. The, the point is that they were trying to uh, interpret his words in the most ridiculous and uh, nonsensical way possible. That, that That's what you're 
you're saying, and yes. he didn't mean it the, the way that they uh, parlayed it uh, at the end of the day. In both cases, right. Okay, so uh, Ari's on fire today. He's, he's, got, he's way too caffeinated today, but that's okay because we love Ari. I'm perfectly calm. <laughs> I don't know about that, Ari. Uh, so this, this is the great, great time of, of really questioning these things. And what I, what I love about what's happening, Ari, is that now that we are questioning this, and, I, and I've said this before as well, that look, the, the, the whole concept of what happened in the China lab, um, now that that's opening, that door has opened. We really have to be much more cynical when it comes to the, what our government is doing and what our government is claiming. Remember how Biden shut down any discussion whatsoever, or tried to just three, four weeks ago, about the, uh, the possibility that the virus came from a lab, right? He, he just, he wanted to defund all that. He did. No, no discussion, thank you very much. And of course, thank God, you know, that, that was quickly um, reversed because it was a reality. And now we're finding out about Fauci because of the Freedom of Information Act. Thank God for the Freedom of Information Act. Yeah, and it shows what Fauci was up to was like our worst nightmare yeah. as far as corruption. Right. So now, look, we we talked about this offline, Ari and I, about how this is, it's very possible that the COVID virus, the, the China virus, as it were, uh, may very well have been super planned uh, at the very best, it was negligently released from a lab, uh, and they decided, look, you know what, we're just going to effectuate Order 66. We're going to go for it. And Order 66 being the reference to Star Wars, that uh, plan to, uh, you know, diabolical plan whereby the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine had already pre-orchestrated everything that once he issues Order 66 to be executed, then you kill all the Jedi and, uh, you know, totally annihilate the opposition. Okay, uh, why is it so absurd? Why is it so absurd? I mean, remember when Trump was president, he was giving such a hard time to China, calling them to task, sanctioning them, and otherwise completely reorienting the whole discussion when it came to China. China wasn't having it. So, you know, it's one of two things. Either they negligent released it, and then they decided, okay, well, now that the virus is out, let's, you know, I guess we have to, let's exploit it. Let's, let's execute Order 66. Or, even worse yet, they had planned it all out from the very get-go, uh, and let's release this virus, claim that it was negligently released, and, or even, even better yet, that it came from a bat, um, and we will spread it around, uh, set forth uh, the good news to the whole world, and I, I say that cynically, whereby everyone will now be infected in Europe and America, and uh, it will bring down Donald Trump and otherwise uh, improve our position and our global standing economically vis-a-vis the rest of the world, meaning China's standing vis-a-vis the rest of the world. Uh, I don't know why that's so absurd. Uh, China, this is the same country that uh, has imprisoned uh, people, uh, the Uyghurs in concentration camps with uh, rape rooms and otherwise. Uh, Unspeakable horrors of what they did during the uh, one-child policy uh, era. Uh, for which they, they, they should all go to hell, all the government officials at least. And you think that they're not capable of, of uh, setting forth a virus out there to create a pandemic that they, they themselves would benefit from? I, I, I think you're, you're naive to think that that's not a possibility. These people are, are engaging in a bioweapons uh, lab, okay? not, not necessarily Wuhan, but bioweapons is a real thing. 
all right, is that they do it for the purpose of possibly using it, right? If, if it's beyond them, why would they create a bioweapons lab in the first place, right? Yeah, and if they're, if they're so diabolical as to send their own people into prison labor camps and concentration camps, what makes you think that they consider you Western round-eye people, yeah. as the Chinese would call you, yeah. so angelic as to be untouchable by their evil. Right, right. We're sacrosanct. We're, we're the untouchables. You're exactly right. right. Uh, or um, whatever. We're made men, right? Yes. To use a mafia term. Anyway, uh, of course, this is a dictatorship. These are evil people engaging in very evil and nefarious behavior. Yeah, I want to bring up a movie reference and a book reference really fast. Fast. From H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, do you really think the Morlocks look at certain Eloy and go, well, we won't eat those? <laughs> no. That's a, that's All a good... of them are food. Yeah. So the point is that uh, th this is the time of the great questioning. And I, I think that good things may result from this at this point. I mean, look, I, I wish the virus never happened. Uh, I wish, of course, that the election was not fraudulent. I'm convinced that it was. Uh, I think that the audit will be very revealing, uh, but this has come full circle, hasn't it? You know, we we know also, of course, the January sixth thing. Things are coming coming out now. Oh yeah, like about the, the FBI. FBI. Yeah, well, the FBI appears to have been involved. Uh, Run know, the whole thing, not right. involved, done it. And this is not just the theory of Brock Lurie. This is from Tucker Carlson. Uh, he kind of related and, and explained very in very cogent, logical detail. Uh, there are twenty FBI agents who were. Uh, what is it, uh, unindicted co-conspirators in the whole issue. Uh, they were actually there. They were insiders. Um, and it turns out that they are actually helping to plot this whole thing. Yeah, and two, and two pieces of information. It's the most secure building on the planet, basically. And on the very day, one of the most important pieces of business is going on there. They just open the doors. Yeah. And the person in charge of security in that building is one Nancy Pelosi because the, sec the, the Speaker of the House has companioned over the Capitol Police and the security of that building. And then the other thing that's so interesting is the timing of Mike Pence's statement of the hands-off attitude on the Electoral College happened during the last few minutes while Trump was speaking as if it was designed to maximally inflame the crowd. We, we in fact, exchanged text messages that day remarking on that. It, one would think that if Pence was going to not do anything that day to question the Electoral College or prevent it from being um, counted the way it was counted, he would have let Trump know the day before. That's right. That, that was one thing. But also a, a much more simple thing, Ari, the fact that the everyone knew uh, weeks in advance, maybe if, if not a couple of uh, months in advance, ever since the election, that there was going to be a rally on January 6th. And he, he said, Trump has said, it's going to be wild, right? So, and it's, it wasn't a surprise. There were, I don't know how many, you know, million, tens of thousands. a million people there. Even if there was only 100,000 people, that's a hell of a lot of people. And you engage in security for the possibility that some of these people may be very uh, pissed off and you don't just assume that uh, that this is two o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, on I don't know May May eleventh, which is a date of no consequence as far as I know. This was a, a major date, uh, a major event is, is is happening. This was not a surprise, and you 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 pretend as if there's nothing going on. Something was amiss here. Anyway, the point is, and I I don't want to drill down on it. The point is that that very crazy things are, were happening and there's a lot of agenda going on and, and you have to realize that that is the happening. We started off from the beginning with Biden talking about how um, he, he must know 
that this cannot work with Russia. It cannot work with Iran to the idea of somehow rewarding them and thinking that they'll join the community of nations. There's something else going on here. He clearly wants this. He wants to stoke the fires. He wants this instability. Instability helps the, the, uh, the Democrat Party. Chaos helps the Democrat Party. There's an agenda going on. Let's wake up about this. Okay? I'm not saying there's a massive conspiracy. Uh, as, as, as Ari and I say all the time, all it takes for a conspiracy is two people to decide to do something together. That's technically a conspiracy. Yeah, we've conspired this morning to do this podcast. Right, Oops. that's exactly right. And it's true. Yeah, and, and people conspire to commit crimes all the time or they conspire to commit political agendas. And the worst kind of conspiracies are the ones where they think they're doing good for the world, right? So... Think of all the people who are, are benefiting from the virus, who are benefiting from the election um, uh, fraud, who are benefiting from uh, proclaiming that the uh, January 6th uh, insurrection was an insurrection. Uh, all those things. Okay, they, they, people just, they don't get, they don't dig their heels onto a certain position just for nothing. They, they do it for a reason. They do it for advantage. That's the way politics works. work. And that's the way uh, international diplomacy and interactions work as well. You need to be savvy about these things. Anyway, uh, that's the point. Uh, I love you all. Do listen to our YouTube videos. Uh, check them out because they're a lot of fun. Atheism Kills, Brock Lurie, YouTube videos. The Brock the channel. Lurie YouTube channel. Yes, thank you very much. Check that out. Uh, it's getting a lot of traction. And there's a guy that's actually responded. He's doing his own YouTube channel to refute, you know, one by one. Oh, my, that's my videos. It's wrong. awesome. I love it. And, and, and also taking apart my book, Atheism Kills, or so he thinks. So I, it, it's very cute. All right. Uh, Brock Lurie signing off saying God bless and we'll talk with you next week.